Welcome to an inspirational message by Pastor Harold Weiss, Senior Pastor at Little Falls Christian Center. Night, as was last Sunday night, can get complicated and we need your help. Lord, because the Holy Spirit will bring all things to remembrance, those things which you have said, those things which you have shown, and according to what you have shown me to see, therefore I will say. I thank you, Father, that the anointing of the Holy Spirit is on the audience, corporate anointing, and that everybody will have a great time tonight. And we welcome the Holy Spirit here and give God the Father through Jesus Christ great glory and a praise God for everybody right now. Amen. Amen. Well, you may take your seats tonight. And um, we are talking about things concerning the mark of the beast. And um, maybe um, I would just read something concerning the mark of the beast in that context. Um, It says here, uh, I want to take in two languages, specifically take Afrikaans and English, because many Afrikaans, many English. So let me take it uh, in the English translation, New King James, word for word translation, uh, in the book of 1 Corinthians 3, 17. If anyone defiles the temple of God, it is preceded by a word. Uh, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? You are the temple of God, the Spirit of God dwells in you. If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy. Which temple you are? The Afrikaans translation tells you this. Weet jylle dan nie, dat jylle lichaam, a temple van God is nie gees van God in jylle woon nie. As iemand die tempel van God skent, sal God hom skent. Want die tempel van God is heilig en dit is jylle. So we have it on both languages basically saying the same thing. Anyone does harm to the temple of God, which is your physical body. You are temples of the Holy Spirit. That's what the Bible says. Do you not know that you are a temple of God? Weet jylle nie dat jylle tempel van God is? And that the Holy Spirit dwells in you. And that the geers van God in jylle woon nie. So we need to understand that we have a thing called a physical body. And that is the most precious thing that you have that uh, ultimately the life within your body, which is your spirit man, will obviously um, be also, is the property of the Almighty God. And uh, if your life is right and righteous and your name is written in the book of life and you're washed in the blood of Jesus, you are on a road and that is another road and it's not a runway, it is straight up to paradise in the third heaven, even according to some of my research, uh, research um, uh, sources, tell me that they're talking even as many as 10 heavens. But we do not know that. I can't say that. But I'm just letting you know that the people are philosophizing around that. And um, the statisticians and the people that work with scientific models of the universe creation say there's got to be at least 22 heavens. Uh, in other words, um, uh, universes which you would call a multiverse, because if you have a multiverse, you need 22 to make the mathematics just nice, that everything will just harmonize. However, we are here on this earth, and we have got to work with the Word of God. 
Whatever we need to know has been made known to us through the Word of God. Now next week I change to yet another side of affairs, now away from the fundamental Alpha, Omega, and Aleph, Tav, which I spoke about. Now I move away from that. And I want to talk about the sound of the last trump. And you must hear what I have to say on that one because I don't know, sometimes I think that um, it always reminds me of the, what you call the sons of Issachar had understanding of the times. You need to have understanding of the times to know what's going on. And you know, there's a kind of thing that goes on in the world. While the world is stooped in darkness, you are the children of light and you are to remain in the light while you have time and see that everything is in place. Like one man, my friend Yanni Duplessis always says, he's not here tonight, says, my suitcase is packed for heaven. I'm ready. I'm ready. And so with that being said, it is just a, just a very interesting statement from a friend of mine. And uh, I think what I must do is read you Ephesians chapter number two, that you can just get uh, a little sample of what we are talking about. First and foremost, you. Now, you've come out of darkness. You're coming to the light. And the Apostle John says, Beloved, it's the last hour, and we know that the Antichrist is coming. Yet now, there are many Antichrists. Now, just jumping right across to the book of um, 1, John, or 1 John chapter number 5, uh, 1 John chapter number 4, he says, uh, Test the spirits. If... Um, Anyone confesses Jesus Christ as the Son of God is coming to the flesh. That spirit is of God. See, it's like the angel that appeared to the apostle John on the island of Patmos when he wanted to worship him. He says, don't do that. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. I'm only a servant of God the Almighty and a fellow servant with you of the great creator. And therefore, uh, don't worship an angel, but worship God. The testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. And so if you're not saved, you're in darkness. If you're in darkness, the darkness is very deep on the planet at the moment. You can feel it as you go out on the streets. And you, from the New Amplified Bible, Ephesians 2 verse 1. And you, you made alive when you were spiritually dead and separated from him because of your transgressions and your sin. Now, in, uh, I'm just thinking now from uh, Romans chapter 5 from the 12th verse, it gives you a, um, a, a comparison between the first Adam and the last Adam. And how the first Adam got separated and then the last Adam that uh, brought us liberty to mankind. He made alive when you were spiritually dead, separated from God in other words. And separated from him because of your transgressions and sin. Sin separates. Not only does it pay out wages, which is called the wages of sin is death, Romans 6.24. In which you once walked, but you were following the ways of this world influenced by this present age. Let me repeat that. Which you once walked. You were following the ways of this world influenced by this present age in accordance with the prince of the power of the air, in brackets, Satan, the prince who is now at work in the disobedient, the unbelieving, who fight against the purposes of God, the spirit who fight against the spirit of God. That's just like it's translated. 
makes me want to talk in the plural here. Among these unbelievers, we all once lived in the passions of our flesh and our behavior governed by the sinful self, the sinful self. Indulging in the desires of the human nature without the Holy Spirit, the impulses of the sinful mind was leading us. We were by nature children under the sentence of God's wrath, just like the rest of mankind. But I can say this, but God, everybody say, but God. That's verse four here. Being so very rich in mercy because of his great and wonderful love with which he loved us, even when we were spiritually dead and separated from him because of our sins, he made us spiritually alive. Now spiritually alive, the rebirth. Together with Christ, for by grace, his undeserved favor and mercy, you've been saved from God's judgment. And he has raised us up together with him when we believed and he, we were seated with him in the heavenly places because we are in Christ Jesus. Can you say amen? amen? Now, if I go straight on to the book of 1 John chapter number 5. I was talking about 1 John chapter number 5. But um, here in uh, this particular section here, and I know that it is very important. Uh, verse 19. Now we know for a fact that we are of God and the whole world around us lies in the power of the evil one, opposing God and his precepts. And we have seen and we know by personal experience that the Son of God has actually come into this world and has given us understanding and insight so that we may progressively and personally, oh, I love this, know Him who is true. We are in Him who is true, in His Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Give the Lord a praise offering, everybody, right there. Just an amazing, I mean... There's 1 John 5, verse 19. It says the whole world lies in the sway of the evil one. So there is darkness. Let me begin by saying this. Um, I go in any direction now, but okay. Let me go into this direction. Um, let me say this to you. That uh, the, in the final words in the book of Revelation, let him who is ignorant be Revelation chapter 21, be sin, uh, ignorant still. You know, so him with sins be even more sinful still. Uh, filled with iniquity fill, uh, still. He wants to live a life that's corrupted. Let him be that way. It is a choice like many other choices that we make in this life. But there are choices that don't really matter. But there are one choice that does matter. And that is the choice that you make willfully with your entire being, if can and can do, and in fact should be, with your entire being to convert from an unsaved, born again, non-born again person in the world of darkness, the light shines upon your soul and now you receive Jesus Christ, the light of the world in your heart and you repent, repent of sin and sinful ways that conflict with the Word of God 
or standing in conflict or contrary to the Word of God, and you come to that place where you give your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now ask Him then to wash you in His blood, the blood of the cross, and enter into the covenant, the covenant of the cross, so that you may receive eternal life and that your name may be written in the book of life existing from the foundation of the earth, like the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. So having said all of that, let me go down there to this here. I want to get back into the Bible again. And um, I want to talk about Revelation chapter number 13. And here we have the beast in action. And... Um, Right. So I'm going to read from verse number 11. I think it's good to do that. When he, then I saw another beast rising up out of the earth. Now he had two horns like a lamb and he spoke like a dragon. Two horns like a lamb. Image of innocence, however, when he opened his mouth, it was that of a dragon. And he exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence when the two are together. And he makes the earth and those who inhabit it worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. He performs great signs, awesome, inspiring acts, even making this the false prophet, making fire fall from the sky to the earth right before the people's eyes, verse 14. And he deceives, the devil himself is called the deceiver of the nations. He deceives all those unconverted ones, unconverted ones, who inhabit the earth into believing him because of the signs which he is given by Satan to perform in the presence of the first beast, telling those who inhabit the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded fatally by the sword and has come back to life. And is given power to give breath to the beast, the image of the beast, so that the image of the beast will even appear to speak and cause those who bow down and worship the image of the beast to be put, who do not bow down to the image of the, of the beast to be put to death. That thing when the image of the beast, like Nebuchadnezzar saw when he had a dream, when that image of the beast appears, people that do not bow down in that time of the Antichrist, the personality called the Antichrist, uh, when they don't want to worship him, they get put to death right there and then. He also compels all. I'm just thinking now of what I've said to Bible school students for many years, from 1986. You better get saved this side of the grave. Uh, and if, like the old apostolics did in the old days, they used to walk around and they used to say, well, you know what, um, we, um, we, we, we have left, I've heard them say that physically. Uh, we left Bibles uh, upon, up on top of the fireplace, an obvious place, and uh, with these words, in case of the rapture and the departure of the church, the disappearance of the church, if you know not what that means, in case of the rapture, then, in such a case, then read the following scriptures. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, you believe with your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Get saved now. 
repent of your sins, be converted, and hope that God will take you up because there are several, several actual companies that you find going up into heaven in the book of Revelation. It's not just one company. There are several companies. Just thinking of one, Revelation 17, uh, 14, and Revelation 7, which is the 144,000, and they are... Israeli, they say Jewish evangelists, wrong. It's Israeli evangelists from all the tribes. They are genetically Israeli evangelists, as Dr. Yilton Sutton says, that go out and uh, proclaim the gospel in the final hour during that period of time, also being persecuted but caught up into heaven, appearing again in Revelation chapter number 14. And uh, there they are in heaven now with the Lamb of God. Now, um, Verse 16, and the false prophet. And he also compels all, the small and the great, the rich and the poor, and the free men and the slaves, to be given a mark on their right hand or on their forehead, signifying allegiance to the beast. Actually, there's far more to that. That mark of the beast, that's Jewish for oh my. Um, signifying their allegiance to the beast, so that no one will be able to buy or sell except the one who has the mark, either the name of the beast or the number of his name. Anyone cannot buy except if he has that mark, either the name of the beast or the number of his name. And now here is wisdom. Let the person who has enough insight calculate the number of the beast for it is the imperfect imperfect number of a man and his number is triple six, six hundred and sixty-six. Well, many people have handled lots of things but you know my Bible is a wonderful, wonderful book and uh, this year is very much committed to memory. This is the New King James, the Spiritful Life Bible and so when I look at this Bible, it tells me quite different story concerning the Antichrist. Where does he come from? When does he come? At what time is he released? And the actual Antichrist spirit, there are many Antichrists around. You know them, you see them, you experience them in society all the time. Many Antichrists. In fact, if you name Jesus in their presence, they start cursing you. Or they just curse. Or they blaspheme. They are destined to the lake of fire and brimstone, except they repent. This is the mercy of God. There's always this thing, you know, this is going to happen to them, except they repent. Now, there's that woman called Jezebel in the church of Theater, of the seven churches of the book of Revelation, Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Theater, the fourth church on the list. Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea, five, six, seven. Church number four, Sardis, and... Um, there was a church member by the name of Jezebel. And he said, I gave that woman Jezebel over to a bed of sickness because she's taught my servants to fornicate. She taught them sexual perversion. That's what she did. Right? If you analyze that, that word is porneia. And when you say porneia, then, you, then you're saying a lot of things. Not just pornos, pornos grafos, graphics of pornography, graphic porn graphics, pornos grafos, it is pornos, which is the, is the root base of that expression in every form of perversion. She taught in that church at theater. It's a flat land there. There's a military base nearby. And uh, if you walk into the church, fair-sized church, I would say um, 
not quite the size of this one, but I would say maybe at least a full block of that, full block there, like, like that over there, uh, or a block like this, or a block like this. It is uh, that size type of church. And there she had membership. And now the Lord says, I've given that woman over to um, a bed of sickness. She's, she's going to die now, except she repents. Except she what? She repents. She's taught his servants, the Lord's servants, to fornicate. She's, she's taught them porneo, except she repents. So even in the case of that woman called Jezebel, wicked woman that she was, very wicked woman that she was, that God would speak out against her in terms of a whole church and the judgment upon a whole church. You know, I always think if I look at Jesus in his earthly work, and walk, should I say, and I look at Jesus in the book of Revelation, when he starts off from Revelation chapter 1 verse 10, where the apostle John turns around, when he heard around him the sound of a trumpet, a loud voice, and he turned and he saw the Son of God, and then he says, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. I was dead, but lo, I am alive, and I hold in my hands the keys of life and death. We must always remember those words in Revelation chapter number 1, verse 19. says, I'll show you the things which are happening now, things which are to come, going to happen, not only to the seven churches, they are at that time of the Apostle John. He was the last living one of the apostles. And then, of course, things to come. That's the future tense. If you go in there, what will happen after the church age, which starts at Revelation chapter number 4, verse number 1. Then I heard a voice from heaven, great voice from heaven saying, come up here and I will show you the things to come. The things hereafter. The things to come. So you find that Revelation 1.19, Revelation 4.1. Okay. Now, um, on the runway to the mark of the beast, the pathway of the Antichrist, his children, Antichrist children, Antichrist spirited people, are working, as a good word in Afrikaans language, I'll say it in English too, frantically, to prepare for the day and the appointed hour that God has in store for the entire planet. And there are signs of the times. And Jesus, Matthew 20, chapter number 24, I'm just thinking for one place, talks about fundamentally the signs of the time, times and also talks about Israel. Very much, first and foremost, I am come for the lost sheep of Israel. So we find out about Israel. And in 1 Corinthians 15, we find out about the last trump. But we find out about Israel in Matthew chapter 24. You could read the signs of the times. It's also listed in the book of Luke. But uh, here we see that this beast has a mark on the people's right hand and on their forehead signifying their allegiance to the beast. But it's far more. It's not so much the mark. Yes, of course, that mark will separate you eternally from, from God, cause you to go to the lake of fire and brimstone, as true as I stand here right now. Because one thing 
concerning who I am as a servant of God, I've absolutely had to completely vow to speak the truth under all circumstances. Because the spirit of truth is upon me, hence I see visions. Hence I get revelation. And that's why when I always say I walk with God, it is a reward of walking along with the spirit of truth. And then comes insight, foresight, revelation, knowledge. Spirit of wisdom and revelation. By the way, I had that um, word wisdom this morning. And on my cell phone, it was open. And I spotted it by accident when I read the cell phone here. Wisdom. Wise. Listen to this definition. And it says, a moral character rather than an intellectual quality. To be foolish is to be godless. True wisdom is a gift of God to those who ask it. Wisdom may be regarded as not as a mere personification of the attribute of wisdom. The Greek word is Sophia, which means, you know, like being skillful. But as a divine person himself, wisdom. 1 Corinthians 1.24, Matthew 11.19 says these words, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. So wisdom comes in the form of a divine person. And if you want to walk with God, you have to deal with the truth in your own life too. And he says it's the attribute of wisdom, but also as a divine person. Let me read the whole sentence. Wisdom may be regarded not as a mere personification of an attribute of wisdom, but as a divine person. Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. 1 Corinthians 1, 2, 4. 1 verse 24. Just thought I'd read that to you. So, James chapter number 1 verse number 5 tells you that you can pray for, for wisdom. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Let him pray. Let him ask of God. Let him pray. So now, with that being said, we are in one of the most significant periods of time. In my personal opinion, scary. Scary from a sense of the blatant antichrist spirit manifested on the world platform. Not any particular nation, but on the world platform, for sure. We're seeing it. We're seeing what has happened with the COVID, it brought out many things that brought attention to me in any way. And, um, you know, I had to start researching that. The problematics came in. It's my plural for problems, problematics. Just the thing I created. Um, my problematics was to get myself to a place where I could study research projects of particularly medical doctors and researchers and professors and whatnot you know, that would otherwise never appear nowhere. And, uh, you know, like you would find like American frontline doctors and uh, there's, there's myriads of them and their publications and I would like to study. And of course, it is like Johannesburg Station in there. And then of course, you have to have uh, a web browser that is set up for that. And the one that the doctors use is one called Brave. Might as well say it. Brave is one the doctors use. And once you've got that thing set up, you can now find a lot of things that you couldn't find otherwise because of 
the big tech companies you can actually go by and now find out what goes on beneath the surface of the table, under the blanket. This is the one. So therefore, um, if you start studying them and what they have to say in their publications, I'm always very interested in this. So if I crisscross with a thing called the Mark of the Beast, there's a doctor by the name of, he's now the late, uh, I think it was Richard Lear. He's got more than one name. Let me go to the uh, computer here and see here if I can find him quickly and see what, what is that there. Okay. If you just bear with me a moment. Dr. Richard Lear. Maybe I should go to that particular one there. Okay. Okay. This man did a lifetime, lifetime, it's a specialist. Okay. Lifetime medical research on the mark of the beast. Lifetime. Not a day, not a day. This is an advanced specialist. Lifetime. He was greatly beloved by many Christians, well known in the Christian community. You might be able to get hold of his name if you go into, um, shall I say, Professor or Dr. Google, or what shall I say? Um, all right. He um, particularly removed from people what seemed to be. And let me put my words in a way that would be understandable because one can get on a phase with this. He uh, particularly researched with people in the latter part of his years that had implants by so-called visitations of aliens. Now, it's funny that no alien came near me yet because I know exactly, Dr. Dennis, what to do with him. Can you say amen? Now, I've often stood outside under the stars and I'm praying and I'm thinking, Lord, you know these so-called aliens and flying saucers and stuff? And I was just think, Lord, you know, where are they now? So, there's a lot of Pinocchio stuff with a long nose there. And there's, there's a huge amount of Pinocchio stuff. And um, there's a lot of fake articles. And today you can doctor anything on Google. Actually, not Google, but uh, Photoshop. You can, you can take images and make them say whatever you want to say, create whatever you want to create, and then make dolls and whatever. See what they're doing in Hollywood. It's horrifying. And um, he did this, and he found people in the, now I would say the last 10 years, five years, 10 years, maybe 10 years, at the least five years of his life. He removed certain things from people because that is so-called, went into some type of a coma, saw beings and implanting something into their bodies like it was a project of research. And they would walk with that thing and they didn't, didn't know what it was, but they, find, they found out that life, they just didn't think the same anymore. 
just didn't think the same anymore. Until they went to, they heard about Dr. Richard Lear, and uh, of course, he was able to take 16 samples out of the people. This thing had shift capability. It had the capability, it's so advanced, that it could actually, could I almost say mimic uh, on a radar scope. So what we once did with the shift capability, and uh, there was a woman full of demon spirit, she was from the Satanist movement. And um, so some of my men, that's of course in the early years of the Bible school, then I don't know if you were still around, but those in the early years. But maybe you were around. And uh, the other guy called Turin Biachaman and Mariki Maraiki, my daughter. They were very small. But we dealt with some demons, but Tiens was there. He knows what I'm talking about. We sent them off to Krugersdorp, right? To a doctor there. We had an x-ray machine at his consulting rooms. And uh, let's say, in some cases, he found them in the knee. Because they're in different positions in the body. But now I'm thinking of one in the knee. Now the person would ultimately develop pain in the knee. And wouldn't know what on earth it is. Put it under x ray, see nothing. But there's a pain in the knee. But nothing's wrong. But there's a pain in the knee. And so they sent, in this case of this particular woman, that's my personal experience. And there's the witness sitting over there. He was witness. Mortal also know about it. Sent, sent there. And there were Christians that went along because that was a Satanist. Went along, formed a circle... He said, all right, don't you worry about us. We're here. God is our protector. You just take that x-ray. We're here. We form a circle around to hold hands and pray and bind Satan in the name of Jesus. Just give us a count. Three, two, one. And when they said, when they came to that three to one, they said, in the name of Jesus. And they took the thing. And guess what? They found it. And there it was. And they were able to remove them. And I've actually seen them too pictures of them that were taken out. They looked like little snakes. They looked like, well, we would say charms. And that's a word in itself makes me think now. Uh, and, and scorpions. And each one had a demon name on it. And they would take them out of the people like that. Had a demon name written. But moreover, in the back of the neck, at the base of the skull, they had what they called the black widow. Now the black widow was a capsule which they implanted in the back of the neck so that anyone who splits on them, there was a demon assigned to that thing and also had a name, would immediately put pressure on that thing and release a very toxic poison in the system, killing that person right there so they couldn't talk out. See, that was the Black Widow capsule that was there. See, so um, it didn't therefore... Um, you know, it came as a surprise to me that they had a first pray and then take some x-rays. Pray and take x-rays. And then he managed to remove 16 of those, Dr. Lear, that I know of, maybe more. But in the process of doing so, um, they were now hit with another conundrum, Dr. Dennis, and that was how do you cut this thing? Except like a diamond, you'd put it under a hammer and slam it with a hammer. You don't want to, you want to see what's on the inside. What is this? And so the only way they could actually get through there is by cutting it with a laser. Now, when they cut it with a laser, they discovered it was a microchip of what I would say, it's a word that is used these days. And funny enough, it's used now 
in certain regions of society, let's leave that alone now, called warp speed, computerized chip, a chip. This thing can talk, this thing can do anything. This thing can control that person. This thing could cause that person to get tormented whenever and whenever. And that, this, this would place that person under the control of the devil. While he removed them, the pain in the knee disappeared in the case and many other, the, the other cases as well. The moment they were released from that, the pains were gone, they went back to normal health. Now we, past Tien's too, Tien's was with me when I counseled one Satanist woman in my office. You remember her? And you remember it got, I called you in to sit there because always let there be a witness for your integrity and because they can, they can claim any nonsense. So we have what we call among the pastors the one brick law. A pastor may not counsel with a member of the opposite sex except if there's a brick width of the door open and somebody sitting just outside so they can hear what's going on inside there. In our case, most certainly, they can make all sorts of claims and destroy somebody like that through false claims. So I had Tians come sitting with me, and the two of us listened to Tians and the stuff there that was said that I don't want to ever repeat. I don't even want to repeat. But what they got up to goes beyond your imagination. I promise you, unless a person is a Satanist, you wouldn't know about it. It is just terrible stuff. And how they catch them, how they've got their nets out through sexual intercourse, drugs, psychedelic, um, um, psychedelic um, uh, music, along with drugs and sexual intercourse and the transference of spirits. Dr. Alex Ness wrote about a book called The Transference of Spirits. Dr. Alex Ness. Very interesting book to read. At that time, many years ago, we're talking back 1996 now. At that time, or maybe a little bit forward, it would be after 88. At that time, it was not a normal thing to deal with these things. Well, he just cast the demons out and get over with the job. Right. So, found out that it was an extremely high-speed chip. Now they are experimenting with others that are like, they can go on top of your skin and then they, they synchronize with the skin. They actually disappear into the skin. But it's actually a whole um, chip circuit. Can I call it like that? Explain it like that. And that, of course, of course, is something that they want to do. But moreover, this thing gets deeper and deeper. Let me just... Um, give you a few things. And I'm just going to mention it. And what I've done is I have, um, I have just left the definition open so that I can read you the definition. You can hear it for your own ears. Watch out for the following in the end time signs. Okay? Number one, transhumanism. Transhumanism, social and philosophical movement devoted to promoting the research and the development of robust, robust human enhancement technologies. Such technologies would augment or increase human sensory reception, uh, emotive ability, or cognitive capacity. Can you think about that one? The devil gets right in their minds. 
as well as radically improve human health and even extend human lifespans. What have I breached that I know or what banner did I put over it? Transhumanism. It's busy developing. You can find it for yourself. If you go to another one called robotics, which really goes along with artificial intelligence, which is another one. But, okay, robotics is the interdisciplinary branch of computer science and engineering. Robotics involves design, construction, operation, and the use of robots. And these machines are there to so quality help and assist humans, but in actual fact that will replace humans and many people lose their jobs because the robots will take over from there. I always think of a movie never saw it because I thought it was junk. I robot. I'm not a robot, I'm a human being. Can you say amen? I hope none of you have seen that. All right. Then the other one I want to bring to your attention, maybe I should just deal with, um, with artificial intelligence. And um, that was interesting to see that it, it talks here and it says that artificial intelligence is busy. What is it? It is, it is uh, some of the common known widely examples of narrow artificial intelligence, including intelligence search, engine algorithms, and Rankin Brain from Google, voice assistant from Siri, and Apple, and Alexa, and Amazon, and IMB Watson, AL platform, AL platform, a multitude of the face of biometric recognition solutions, and they are capable of learning from if you are, like, let's say, for example, with Siri or with Alexa, you interact with that thing. It, 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 it not only learns your language precisely, but it also learns a lot more from you. Hence, my wife was telling me just now, and I, I'm trying to get immediately, try to get to the source of that. The man called uh, Wozniak, who was the co-founder of Apple, uh, Apple Computers, said that uh, his, his computer and his cell phone sleeps in another part of the house. And I agree with that. Is that the way I quoted that correct? Yeah, it was Wozniak. He knows what they can do. And he said some of those things, he says, even viruses, he wrote viruses, and he says, and they were scary. So he rather removed them because they were just that scary. He says, what your cell phone can do, you don't know. And what your, your smart television set can do, you don't know either. And what your computer can do, you don't know either. And what do you think, what happens if they start increasing the speed of this lot? And there is something that is receptive to the signals that are coming off the towers. Worldwide. That's why one man said, every night when I go to bed, I take my, my, my cell phone, I switch all computers, everything off, and... Uh, I, I, I put it in the oven and I put, uh, what do you call cellophane? What's that paper? Tin foil. Tin, uh, tin foil. What happened in tin foil and put it in there for, uh, it sleeps in the night in like, a, let's, let's say, uh, a bed of tin foil. Says, buy a slim in a word. Says, buy a look. Is why we nearly, yeah, we've, we're basically in our 50th year of, of marriage already. And it's good. Amen. I say marriage works. I say marriage works. 
I say marriage is the institution of God. Is that right? It's the institution of God. And we are God's servants. And a real marriage, not a fake, not a fake marriage, is when a, a true servant of God, who is a marriage officer, and a commissioner of oaths is able to take two people and marry them legally and then also in terms of let them have the covenant in the church. It is an institution of God. The man shall uh, leave his father and mother and cling to his wife. These two shall become one. And therefore, we find this institution. And so, it is, uh, you know, marriage works. 50 years, I'm ready for the next 50. I don't know if my wife's ready for it. Amen. But these guys, one guy just can't get to his name because it's not all that familiar with me. Because I saw him go by, but he fled to Russia. What's that guy's name? His cell phone, he puts in the microwave oven, also in the tin foil. It sleeps there. And uh, anybody know that name? Yeah, he was a, one of the whistleblowers, not the only one. Snowden. Yeah, that's it. Who is that? Dr. Google. Now, can you do me a comparison between the laws of the physics of non-physics and compare it with, a, with a, let's say, the, the Einstein uh, mathematical equations and tell me what's the difference? Nobody will know, not even Dr. Google. Give the Lord a praise offering. It makes church fun, but the fact is, that's one guy that said specifically that. These guys are whistleblowers, they know that they monitored. I've spoken not to one, not to two, more than one person that said to me, you must know that when you speak to me, I'm being monitored right now. I am being monitored right now. And I know I'm being monitored. And people are listening to everything that I say on my phone. Some of them are dead now. I think of two of them are dead. Now, Therefore, artificial intelligence is one thing I wanted to get to. Let me just make sure. Mind reading and mind control technologies. Now, what it really says, mind control, um, it says mind control has become a reality. In fact, it's become a priori priority because uh, maybe I should just read you this. And maybe this will help you. In fact, see how I scratch all over the places where I go. And it says, unlike most of history until a few decades, we had no idea about the various frequencies on the wavelength, wavelength spectrum. Not now, not only do we know that they exist, all these frequencies, but we've harnessed some of them to a certain degree in various commercial applications. Most of us now know that a huge number of invisible pathways are filled with a nearly an infinite number of sights and sounds. Satellites, cell phones, optic fiber, cable systems, radio bands, point-to-point -point optical systems, etc. We have oodles of voice conversations, data, videos, documents, and images flying before our faces all of the time. 
However, until the last couple of months, I've been really, I really ne never really thought about the awesomeness of telecommunications, about the sheer scope of the invisible realm that is before us and around us and everywhere around us. I just didn't realize the immense volume of what is considered now as being normal. So, mind control is the other one. Artificial is, uh, intelligence is another one. And robotics is another one. And I want to bring you to eugen eugenics also. You would know about eugenics. Eugenics is the practice or advocacy of improving the human species by selectively. This is Adolf Hitler all over. All over. And he killed six million Jews, but he killed much more than six million in the Second World War. That man had a destiny, and his destiny is there now. And it even gets worse after the White Throne Judgment. Eugenics is the practice and advocacy of, of improving the human species by selective mating with specific desirable hereditary traits. It aims to reduce human suffering by breeding out disease, disabilities, and so-called undesirable characteristics from the human population. That's the other one. And these are all operative and all are busy happening and all are being researched, particularly mind control. Now, there are things that, in terms of the mark of the beast, maybe I should stop and go on next week. Are you sure? Nobody feels like going home suddenly now. Do you want to hear more? Particularly if you take the mark of the beast, that one would want to do research, and that's now we're getting into where I am, of the things which are, in actual fact, let me get to all these papers that I have flying around. I just sit and write, and as I'm going along, I just write them, and then afterwards, okay. These things are reactive to all these oodles of signals that are flying around us, okay? And particularly if they point it, and if they're there with a purpose, and if they're monitoring a specific frequency. I said again, a specific frequency, okay? So, number one on the list, number one on the list is called Luciferin. Does that sound familiar to you? Lucifer, I-N, Luciferin. With the capacity and the capability of tracking you, no matter where you go, it knows. It reports, and you can be found at the drop of ad. You know, I just want to take one more. But I mean, there, there, there's, I've got strings of these, but one that took my attention as well is called Polysolvay Polysolvay AD. Polysolvay AD, um, which can cross the blood-brain barrier. Bang. The blood-brain barrier to get across the blood-brain barrier, and again, to track you. Now, why would you want to get across the blood-brain barrier, which sits at the base of the brain? How do you want to cross over for what purpose to track what? On what frequencies? 
See, now we get to mind control. Mind control in a simplified way is seen in old terms. When I was at university, we looked at that a thing called brainwashing. Okay? But mind control is far more than that in the, in the latter times. Because right now, with substances like two of those that I've mentioned, with those substances, they can not only track you, but now they can start reading your mind and find out what you're thinking about. In fact, there was a, there was a, 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 a movie by, um, my goodness, I'm not so good on, the, on, on, the, on those, those great heroes of Hollywood, Tom something with the Mission Impossible, Tom what? Yeah, there was a movie of Tom Cruise. See you, I see you. I, I find out secrets in the process. And um, that thing in that particular movie was, was so tuned that even a person had the inclination to commit a sin, they'd already sent a police force there and arrest him inside his house at that moment when he's thinking about it. That was what the movie was about. And so... Why is Tom Cruise here in the movie now, in the, in the, in the church? Mission impossible. Eh? Is it ancient? It's not for my time, you know. I was friends with Noah. Give the Lord a praise offering. Amen. Manoah told me, watch out. Now, okay, let me just, in the closing of this particular session, because next week we move to the next phase. We're talking about the Antichrist. We're talking about the false prophet. We're talking about the mark of the beast. We're getting an insight into what direction this thing is going. Also, we get an alert of watching out for and also what not to do. You know, sometimes I, I've said these words, I said, it's not what I say, it's what I don't say that matters. It's what you call reading between the lines. Okay? So, um, as we look at that, there are more things that are happening. You know, um, okay, let's talk about something which is used in the medical world, because that's the one area I now monitor and medical research. It's called her, a herd immunity, all right? So when the herd is immune, there's a point where a sickness does not work anymore in the, in the herd. But now, what about if you apply that to humans? That's already done, and they said they're waiting for herd immunity. But let's just pass by that, and let's say this to you that the end, the, 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 the end time world of the Antichrist in my research pops up very clearly as a world of slavery. Okay? Not only with artificial intelligence and also insight through the blood-brain barrier tracking you and what you're thinking and using devices that have scary ability that we don't know of, and using all of these things to start steering the people 
the herd of the flock or the flocks of this world, all, of, all people now, steering them towards a certain direction. Now, let me say this to you. I don't speak naturally now, I speak spiritually. There's a spirit behind it. I'm going to say that again. There's a spirit behind it. All right? I'm not a person of, of I don't like conspiracies. Whenever I do get any video that I think is worth watching or looking at, particularly in the areas of research, first thing I do is verification. First thing. If a thing looks like it, because I found wonderful stuff coming at the moment you, you subject them to proper verification. I'm talking about proper verification. Because you only learn that, you know, you can't thumbsuck on certain things, just impossible. And then out of the mouth of two, three witnesses, the word is established. And if you look at various sources and you compare those sources right across, then you find out through that verification, this is the truth. So therefore, um, the spirit of the end time world. Remember I said about when the plane gets ready to take off, in the cockpit, a lot of things happen. You see the pilot sitting there before the time, right? So I have a friend. He's one I had two, what I call best friends at school. One was Wouter and one was Alex. Alex became a pilot, a commercial pilot. I think he's retired now. Two wonderful people that were part of my life in my earliest years, school years. And um, I flew down 1970 down to Lorenzo Marx. And I had a call from the pilot, and the pilot says, will you please come to the cockpit? Now, in those days, it was still possible to go to the cockpit. So I went to the cockpit. Guess who's the chief pilot, the captain of the ship? It's my friend Alex. Alex says, find yourself a seat. We want to talk on the road, and, uh, or actually in the flight. And, um, but first and foremost, just sit down, and it'll all be done when we take the runway, and then we open up the taps, and we're flying. But now he takes out a book, the co-pilot takes out a book, and then the uh, engineer, the flight engineer, they're all sitting there and they are checking things. And they would say, for example, uh, tail wings, check. And they would move the tail wings, check. Then they would say, um, outside wing flaps, check. And they would check that. And then they would say, let me go to another area. Uh, fuel tanks, check. And they would check the level of the fuel tanks. So they run through a list after which they have to sign that off and that get placed in a very solid container like a safe type of, of uh, uh, device in those days. So I sat quietly looking at them doing their preparations for the flight. And I learned a lot in that single flight as they were going and listened to the commands coming in over the radio, as they approached the Maputo, and used to be known as Lorenzo Marx Airport, and Alex still said, my goodness, these Portuguese people keep us high and only then allow us to go down to sea level and our ears do that. Because we were still at a high altitude and then like very suddenly you just go down, you go land. So check, 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 and you see these things, well, I've mentioned them, and you see, you, you, you see, I'm very interested in the stuff that crosses the blood-brain barrier, particularly. And with what purpose? Uh, and you see these things happening. When, 
when that thing goes on the runway, a lot of stuff, let's, let's call it mechanics, have already been verified. And the word is, it's a go for takeoff. Now everything's been checked. Control tower takes over, gives the go, and there you go, and you fly. And as they go, they are busy communicating all the time, and I'm listening. I'm the silent person there. We didn't talk all that much. I was more interested in what they were busy getting up to. So highly inquisitive, looking at every step and how they come in for the landing and the caboodle. So, um, the whole concept of definitely, definitely, end-time slavery is definitely on the menu of the Antichrist or the beast. And the false prophet, he giveth that all men receive a mark on the, hand, on the right hand and the forehead, and um, the beast and the number of his name that would give them access to buy and sell. So you can't do it except you have the mark of the beast. Otherwise, just go ahead and die because we don't need you. Or you can be put to death. I'm talking about when the Antichrist has already manifested. So that will take me to Revelation chapter number 6 from verse 1 all the way through to Revelation chapter number 20, the end of chapter number 19 and chapter number 20 and up to uh, the time of chapter number 20 verse 10 when the devil himself gets cast into the lake of fire, fire and brimstone. So that whole middle section of the book of Revelation tells you all about what he gets up to and then the heavenly story and then there's the demonic manifestations and the beast that comes up from the abyss. Revelation chapter 9, you learn about it, you see that, you understand those things, but we do know that people in those days will not be able to do a thing. That's why I said to the students at the Bible school, listen, if you're not committed to Jesus Christ this side of the grave, you're in trouble. And you stay behind when the rapture of the church comes. If the rapture of the church comes and you have not committed your life to Jesus, you better know, you better know that now, if you now get saved, you want to get saved? You read a Bible, somebody left on a fireplace, you now want to get saved? It's going to be at the cost of your life. When Antichrist is out, that's it. Much worse than, than Hitler. And by the way, he also had a spirit. He himself had the spirit of the Antichrist. A spirit. But not the Antichrist. So, having said all of that, the world is moving, listen to me now, towards slavery. The world system, as we have it now, I will use the word metamorphosis. They're in metamorphosis towards slavery. In other words, you as a human being have fundamental personal rights. I mean, Rudolf, your body belongs to Rudolf, and that is it. And if you're married, you're, you and your wife are one in the sight of God. Your body belongs to yourself. Amen? Your body is your highest value. Why? Because it's a temple of God. And what did I read there? If anyone does harm to the temple of God, don't you not that your bodies are, are temples of the Holy Spirit and that God dwells within you? Anyone harms the temple of God, God will harm him. As iemand temple van God cancel, God Right? So we have a responsibility to protect this vessel. Keep it holy, keep it sacred, keep it separated, and be committed to God. You know what my biggest 
concerning. Is that really, I just want to just drift off this, I do a purposeful rabbit run here. What really is my concern? As a shepherd, I love people, and I love the people of the church. I love the people of the church. I love to be here. I love these services. And I like to talk to the people. But you know what? If, if I look at the amount of backsliding that took place within the period that we call the lockdown, and uh, we see how many people are actually sitting at home and they're watching via I understand if somebody's sitting in Australia or sitting in, in Alaska or sitting in the United States or in, in Canada and they're watching, or even up in Europe, they're watching via the internet or something. But somebody living five kilometers from the church and they're watching over the internet. That's not on because this is the day of the Lord. Let me just tell you something now. You know, I'm not going to get back to the subject. I'm finished with that subject. But you know about the Aleph Tov. Can you say Shabbat? What's the last two letters? Aleph Tov. So the new Christians of the new church, the early church, because of the huge breakthrough, joy to the world, celebration, hell has lost its power, the keys of life and death is in the hand of the Messiah. Jesus Christ himself has fulfilled the law. And he is, through faith, our rest. We have the peace with God through Jesus Christ. So we started celebrating the Christians from the days of when Jesus stepped out of that tomb and was Appeared, started appearing to the people. You read all about how many people in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, beautiful section where it tells you about how many times and to whom he, he appeared to hundreds of people after his resurrection. Then, therefore, they decided that's going to be the day in which we rest because we have faith in Christ. So that's where our Shabbat comes in as the Christian church by and large. Secondly, to cap it all, they all went in one accord to the upper room and there were some 120 people there. Among them were Mary, the mother of Jesus. She was also praying to Jesus and through Jesus. And the apostles were there, Peter, and a whole lot of them were there. And while they were busy praying, there came from heaven the sound as of a mighty rushing wind that filled the house where they were seated. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. All filled with the Holy Spirit as the Spirit gave them utterance. Alive came all the gifts of the Spirit. Alive, as I say to the students, you know, fruit of the Spirit is what? Galatians 5.22, love, joy, peace, patience, friendliness, kindness, faith, humility, and self-control. Didn't get that? Didn't get that? So go back to the first one. That's the fruit of the Spirit. What about fruit? Fruit is a different thing. It can grow. It grows. You see it on a tree, it grows. But gifts of the Spirit, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy, faith, the working of miracles, gifts of healings, these are gifts that are given. They are the karishmata, which is gifts of God's grace. What do I liken it when I teach the students? I say to the students, it's the, it's the, it's the God-given ability and I liken it unto garden tools to work in the garden of God and in, in, in where 
in the harvest fields. It's where God gives you the ability to talk to somebody and suddenly the Lord will show you that, to that person that, uh, or you that in that person there is a severe need and, um, and uh, you would know that immediately. And you would sense uh, certain things. And then you'd notice, I notice, for example, if I get demons come near me and I smell that smell immediately. Depending on what kind of demon, they got all distinct, distinct smells. For example, a spirit of alcohol. I'm talking about addiction to alcohol. I'm not talking about somebody that had a glass of wine and is now all scared. It's not that. I'm talking about when that spirit of addiction comes, it takes a person into alcoholism. Okay? And they can't shake that thing off. That spirit has to be cast out. See? And I did that. And I set people free on the spot like that. With the help of my Lord and Savior, there was deliverance that came to many people through just exactly that. When they have that thing that takes hold of their lives, some stage of life. One of the worst things I particularly notice, I'm talking, I write a horse called experience. One of the worst things I notice. And that is that people who through sexual intercourse, I call a spade a spade here, have had intercourse with somebody that was demonized and the spirit was transferred. Suddenly, you have the man or the woman with some form of lower abdomen problems. Problems in the gen, uh, genitalia or in the, in the reproductive system, shall I rather say. Because they got into bed with the wrong one and they received the wrong spirit. And you know what? One guy went to fetch him out of the Sterkfontein Institute, mental institute. They sent me in there. I got him out. He went home. He was normal. He got into bed with somebody from another religion, stepped into a trap. She lured him and said, welcome to the new religion. You are now no more Christian. He went off his head. He thought he was going to hell. And so I went in there, what a place to go into. And you see these people, that in the last hour, where people have the mark of the beast, they will not be able to say, Jesus is Lord. Won't be able to say. If they even think it, there'll be police at the door. Now I close with a thing called transparency. I think sometimes if I look at, there's one particular website that I call Skinner Book. Gossip Book. And all, all, and all these people, you know my dog had and seven babies. Oh, really? Can I? You see a picture? Yeah, there it goes. And you know my neighbor just got divorced and he hit his wife. No, 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 I got the story wrong in the next one. His wife chased him with a hammer. <laughs> and did you know this? And that? They put their, wash the wash line. The washing line hangs out in public for the world to see. Now, there are what we call the profilers. And there's a thing called artificial intelligence. It's monitoring the lot. Monitoring the lot. You need to be far more sensitive concerning your personal security. Are you listening to me? Do you know, for example, I don't have it on me. I don't know why my purse is not on me. But you can buy a purse that can't be scanned. You walk in a shopping mall and your purse 
somebody walks behind you with a scanner. Just like that. Bang, he's got your credit card details like that. Next thing you have, expenses you never knew about. What? Oh, here's one of them. It's, it's not my one, but it's, here's another one. This is uh, a Jekyll, Jekyll and Hyde purse for credit cards. Forget it. You can scan tot your blowers. You won't get through this lot. It fuzzes the signal straight right there. So, you know, I believe in being one step ahead. Okay, are you one step ahead? Do you want to be one step behind or want to be one step ahead? Now watch what happens to the world now. And I've told you about a lot of things now. I can go on and now move to a very interesting situation that now must take place. And explain that to you. Sunday morning now also goes in a different direction. But would you give the Lord a praise offering? If you learned something tonight, give the Lord a praise offering. Amen. I want everybody to just bow your heads. Actually, raise your hands to the Lord and say this. This night in the presence of God, in the holy place, the habitation of His church, I stand and I give my life renewedly to Jesus. I will take hold of this vessel, this body of mine. I shall do it no harm because it's not mine. I am a temple of the Holy Spirit. And I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and His Lordship over my life. And I believe in my heart that God the Almighty Father raised Jesus from the dead. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Wash me in your blood. And please keep my name in the book of life. Lord, create in me a pure heart and renew a steadfast spirit highly committed to you for the rest of my life. Cast me not away from your presence. Have mercy on me for all men have sinned and for this purpose you are manifest. For this purpose you are manifest to destroy the works of the evil one also in my life. My body belongs to you, my spirit and my soul. I am yours. Fill me with Holy Spirit. Wash me in the blood of Jesus. Clothe me with the full armor of God. I thank you, Jesus. And all God's people give the Lord a big praise offering right now in this place. Shout hallelujah. Amen. You know, um, I, I, I don't, because it, it's getting 1951, and I mean people go to work tomorrow. But just one thing, when I said, um, when I spoke about in the lower half of the body pains and things, both men and women, there are some people that experience that. And there are some people that are part of that. And sometimes we make mistakes in this life. But we understand that. Because that's why we ministers. You know what? We are ambassadors for Christ. That's what we are. And we have a message of reconciliation. Bringing unity between you and God. That's what you've just done. 
So therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Listen to this, Romans chapter number eight, verse number one. For those who walk according to the Holy Spirit and not according to the flesh, follow the Holy Spirit, okay? By the Spirit, mortify, put to death the works of the flesh and you will live. But I said this night, I said, pains, the, let's call it the lower half of the body. Then tonight is the night you've been set free from just that. And I want you to give the Lord a praise of Him because that gift will happen today. Amen. And listen to me. Please listen to me because I ride a horse called experience. Do I need to say that? I mean, I said tonight, Noah was my friend. But there are people running around and saying, you're cursed and you're cursed and you're cursed. They know not what they say because it is written as the sparrow or the swallow that flutters goes away and not, never makes a landing but returns to its nest, its launch pad. So is it with the curse. The curse without a cause cannot arise, will impact nothing. So they can say whatever they want to say. You just speak the language of love and speak the language of Christ the Lord. Can you say amen? For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.